Game time. You're listening to the House League Heroes podcast with your hosts, Riley Barton and Tanner Chuby. Follow the guys on Instagram at underscore Riley Barton underscore and Tanner C-H-U-B-E-Y. Riley Barton, the Vancouver Canucks have won a hockey game. Two hockey Ooh, games. Two of them. Two hockey games. Um, welcome yeah. back to the House League Heroes, uh, Season 3, Episode 4. I'm joined by my co-host, Riley Barton, as always. And, uh, Riley, I think you're to to credit there for those two wins. You changed something up in your living room, from what I understand. Yeah, I don't know. After uh, the beginning of the season started so hard with the Tank for Bedard mission by the Canucks, I decided I'd give them a bit of a momentum shift. So I put the Canucks flag back up in my living room. And, uh, yeah, they've been undefeated since then. I think they got another win coming tonight. And then maybe I'll take it down again for a bit. I can't remember who their first win was against. Was it against Seattle? Yeah. Seattle, and then who'd they beat in their their second game? Uh, then they took on the pens and they the smoked pen. them. Yeah. Five one. So, so uh, Bruce Boudreaux gets career win number six hundred. Um, good to good to see them back in the the win column. And I apologize to those listening and can hear the uh, death in my voice right now. Um, Tanner's dying. I am. I, this I, is the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Let's tell everyone that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Vancouver, again, we talked about it last time. They really put themselves at a disadvantage um, to start the season. They basically kind of have a 75-game season now. Now it's 73. Um, what did you see in those those two games from them? I didn't actually watch them, but did they look like a team together? Did they finally look like they were clicking? Um, yeah, so I, I was hesitant about watching the Seattle game. I only watched the third period there, and from what I saw, they just were holding on for dear life in that third period. <laughs> Um, and then it was kind of the same with the Penguins. When I watched that game, they had a really strong first and second period. And then when I started watching a bit in the third, the Penguins looked like they were getting it back together and then kind of fell apart again. So I was more happy about the Penguins game. Um, I think that helps with their just mentality a little bit to be able to beat the Pens, even though the Pens did get slaughtered when they came on the road trip here in Canada. But yeah, it was good to see them actually win. I was going to ask, we're going to get your... Your wild uh, prediction here, they they sit um, 10 points, or sorry, six points out are the Vancouver Canucks playoff contenders this year, Riley. See, I, I want them to be, and obviously it's so early, so it's, it is hard to tell. Um, and yeah, I, I hope they are. Obviously, it's my team. I don't want them to tank. I don't think anyone ever actually wants their team to tank. They just kind of console themselves that way when they're doing really bad. But I, I think they'll squeak in this year. How do you feel when you hear about the the Horvat trade rumors? We've kind of seen he's been linked to a couple of teams. I can't remember exactly who, but uh, there has been trade talks of, of Horvat picking up a little bit. I think the problem with that is like I like Horvat a lot, and I think he is a big part that 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 core plays well together when they do. I think without him, they they struggle quite a bit. When he's not in the right headspace, then they don't play very well. So. I would rather not trade him. I also understand like we need some money after signing JT and stuff, and hopefully JT can come around a bit more this year and kind of show that he's worth maybe stepping in and taking over Horvat's role. But um, I see the rumors. They're definitely a possibility that could happen, um, and depending how, I guess, the next few months go, it'll be a bigger and bigger possibility. 
the Vancouver Canucks acquire defenseman Ethan Bear um, from the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, you know, Bear originally in Edmonton went to Carolina. Uh, didn't obviously get a lot of playing time there behind guys like Burns and Pesci. Um, you know, what do you what do you think of that that trade? Uh, you guys didn't really give up a whole too much to get him either. That's I was scared when I first saw the trade. I was like, oh no, we gave some, we did something stupid here. But then, yeah, the damage was not too bad. I like Ethan Bear a lot. I liked him in Edmonton. Didn't see him a whole ton in Carolina, but when I did see him play in Edmonton, he looked really reliable. And like as everyone knows, the Canucks needs they need so much help on the D line. So anything's gonna be a step in the right direction. I think Bear is a good start. Michael. Michael DiPietro no longer with the Vancouver Canucks either. He kind of, it was always him and Demko were the going to be the two goalies fighting for that spot. It just never seemed he could kind of elevate his game to that NHL level. You know, what what are your thoughts on DiPietro no longer on the Canucks? I, I was really excited. I've been excited about DiPietro for a while, but every time he had his chance, he blew it. He got like, and it, maybe it was the Canucks not giving him the right opportunities, kind of not being prepared and just, bringing him in in the middle of the season kind of thing. But he just really never showed that he was going to be prepared. He never took a step in that direction. I know he had um, good numbers in our if, on our feeder teams and stuff, but I, I, I think it was probably time to get rid of him, especially considering Spencer Martin is a great backup right now. He's shown that he can play really well for us. Yeah, the so the Vancouver Canucks, they've got some uh... – Definitely catching up to do, but they they seem to be on the upswing. They're going up against another hot team tonight in the New Jersey Devils, who um, have won their last few in a row as well after a 0-2 start. I think this is kind of a, a game to see. I think both teams want to win, show that they're on the uh, the right course of direction. When do we start talking about um, that Tage Thompson's the best player in the NHL? I think uh, we've been talking about it. Uh, we called this from day one. <laughs> what a... What have yourself a night, man? Halloween. Six points, right? Six points, a hat trick. I, I yeah. can't. I think it was like eight three or something. The Sabers won. God, that kid is good. Yeah, he's fun. That team is just so much fun to watch right now. They're awesome, and they're so fast. Um, their transition game is. It's teams are having a really tough time defending it. Um, Tage Thompson, I feel like is your almost ideal hockey player. He's huge. First of all, the Watching him on the ice, he's massive, and the speed he can get to is insane. Um, and then he's got the scoring touch and nose for front of the net. Like, that's uh, that's a really good player they got there. And he actually came over. It seems to be a trade that worked out how it was supposed to for both teams. Uh, you know, that was the Ryan O'Reilly trade. O'Reilly then went on to win the Cup that year, and Thompson giving the Sabres a good chance the next few to do the same. So, yeah. Um, other notables on Buffalo, we talked about Darlene. He's finally uh, the defenseman that we all expected him to be when he came into the league. He came in on a dog nuts Buffalo Sabres team. Just not good. Um, and again, it's just another example. how You can't give up on a lot of these guys too quick. Um, they need time to adjust. And, you know, even though they're they're the first overall pick, they still need players around to support them. That's why I, I always find it so hard just talking about any player that's been traded or is going to be traded because you always want to stick it out because the worst feeling ever. It's it's worse when you have a guy that 
performs after you get rid of him versus him never performing, right? Like you would rather have someone just not show up ever and hold him in your system than give him away and he explodes for another team. Like that just that must suck as a manager. Yeah, and some of the the other notables here on Buffalo, uh, Skinner has has been heating up the last few games a little bit. It'll be you know he's kind of a, a stringy player. Hopefully he can play like the nine million dollar Jeff Skinner uh, we've seen in the past. I don't know if that'll ever happen. Again, no, unfortunately. Maybe, maybe a four million dollar <laughs> Jeff Skinner. Um, a couple of young guys like JJ Paterka and Jack Quinn have looked really good. Um. They're slotting in nicely. Alex Tuck, you know, wants to be there. Looks good on the Sabres as well. So, yeah, like you said, just a fun team to watch right now in Buffalo. It's a little glimpse into the future. Just, you know, like, obviously, they're not going to make that big of an impact or any cup runs in the next few years. But it's just fun to see what they have in store. And hopefully they can stay on that track. And Buffalo has something else to cheer for besides the Bills. It's uh, playing with a lot of house money right now. One team that maybe should be in a better position that isn't. I don't know what is going on with the St. Louis Blues, but they are slumping out of the gate. This is just, I'm getting 2018-2019 vibes from this team. Yeah, that's, I don't know what happened either. Like, it sucks for me because I got Tory Krug on my fantasy team and I'm going to lose my mind. The guy's like minus 11 in the last six games. That is, there's no excuse for that. That's brutal. Well, and he's he's injured now, I think, too, isn't he? Like yeah. he always is every single yeah. year. He's on a he's day to day now, and I'm sure that'll turn to week to week, and then a surgery, and he'll come back for two months, and then same thing, be a negative fifteen. I noticed that too. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly has not been good enough there. Um, Jordan Kyra, it's the same thing. I, I see the same thing. He had two goals for me one night, and it was only worth like ten points because he was like a yeah. minus four. It's yeah, like that's that's the worst feeling. Like, what are they? I don't know what is going on there. Um, the, first of all, those two guys who signed those big extensions, Cairo and Robert Thomas, haven't been living up to those contracts as far. Not even close. No. And, you know, you, you still have that excuse that it is early in the year, but we're getting close to where it's it's not an excuse anymore. Um, like, especially for a team like St. Louis, they have that potential and they showed it to start the season. They showed it last year. Team hasn't changed that much, so they they just gotta they gotta pull it together. It's not like p- losing Perron is that much of a hit for them. Yeah, and how long does that? Ex- I mean, how mo- how long can you use that excuse? Like we're in November now. Like the NHL has yeah. been played for every team's almost at ten games. I mean that's you know you should be starting to find your groove um, yeah. at this point of the season. Um, yeah, they gotta find some ways to snap out of it. The the offense isn't clicking and. I don't know if Bennington's just played bad um, or the defense has been bad around him, yeah. but they are letting in a lot of goals. Yeah, it's it's almost like them in Minnesota just kind of flipped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Minnesota um, recovering a little bit. Um, another team that you know was on the lookout in, in the Atlantic was the, uh, the Ottawa Senators. They uh, aren't living up to the hype as much as I think people – uh, expected them to. I think maybe people expected them to be kind of where the Sabres are at right now. Um, I don't know how much you, you've watched them, but we, we've seen this from Ottawa in the past few years where they really turn it on in the second half. But how do they get that going earlier? Yeah, I don't know. You kind of just have to put your mentality somewhere else. You have to th- not think that it's the start of the year, which I think is hard to do, especially for a team like Ottawa that knows they have some time. It's hard to put yourself in the right um, mindset this early in the year. 
I just watched the third period of that or third and overtime of their game against Tampa right now. And they, they put up a really good fight. It was, I think just goaltending is what really hurt them today. And besides that, like they, they looked good against Tampa. So like we've been saying the potentials there, they just got to figure a few things out. It's a, it's a problem with a lot of young teams and uh, closing out games, especially against those like a team like Tampa, they always know they're in it. So those are, those are always your biggest tests and they'll, they'll learn to close those out. Um, Couple, couple little news notes around the NHL. Uh, Phil Kessel is officially the NHL's Ironman um, with 990 consecutive games played since 2009. He is literally a mythical creature. I was going to say, the guy is not human. Like, I don't even understand. <clears throat> if you told me that 10 years ago, that, like, I would just think it's a joke. Like, you yeah. wouldn't even consider that, right? There was I don't know if you saw the score did like an article they they talked to a bunch of people that Kessel that had been with over the few years like coaches a uh, couple former players and Rick talking had a story that he would literally um, like have coke or pop in the intermissions and then yeah. he, like he was just like if you are wanting it you're gonna have to pay for it yourself and then he stopped but who <laughs> who else can go and chug back a fucking pop at intermission and then go out and score two goals. No, I, I played with some out of shape kids in hockey and none of them even did things like that. Like maybe <laughs> they'd come in with a donut in the morning or something and you'd be like, okay, you're going to have a cramp, like relax. But if some kid just cracked out a Coca-Cola and just start chugging it in the intermission, they'd be benched. Like they wouldn't even get a shot. doesn't matter how good you are. <laughs> um, just uh, congrats to Phil Castle. I've always loved him as a player. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, it always sucked when he got – yeah, it, it was so dumb when he got hate in markets because of his weight and stuff or the yeah. way he played. It was just like, man, he he doesn't need to – he obviously shows he doesn't need to do the typical thing of an athlete. Yeah, so. he's a different like breed, clearly. Like, he, yeah. He, he does it differently. You just got to accept that. Um, yeah, congratulations, Phil Kessel. Um, he's looking really good on Vegas. The Golden Knights are looking good to start the year as well. Um, the Arizona Coyotes played their first game in Mullet Arena for their home opener, <laughs> and they did a great thing. They had the, the 5,000 seats or whatever, and they had mullets to give out at every single one. That was incredible. Yeah, great marketing tactic right there. Just embrace where you're at and uh, kind of roll with the punches for the next little bit, and they'll make it out of it. They're the uh, it's definitely the laughing stock of the NHL, but Arizona is playing into it so perfectly. And that game against Winnipeg, the first game there was awesome. Yeah, people exactly. were loving it. Um, they just got to do that for the season. If they can get that out of fifty percent of their home home games, they'll be fine. They just got to keep that going. Exactly. Um, there were, there's been some controversy in Toronto right now. Um, they're, they're really struggling to start off. Um, I, I think a little more than people wanted. They've lost, I think every single game they've lost has been to a non playoff team from last year besides the Kings. Um, they lost, uh, Zegers completely stole their lunch money in that game a few nights ago. Oh my God. That over, I, I don't know, you must have saw the overtime goal, but that shot was insane. Yeah, that was nice. See, and that was the second of the night, wasn't it? Yeah. So, 
yeah, Zegers really just dropped that entire team by himself. So um, that hurts. That hurts it. Like the Leafs need to pull. It. I I don't know. It's like beating a dead horse. We say this so much, and we put it in so many different ways, like different variations of like, oh, I feel bad for them at this point. It's not even funny anymore. But like at this point, it isn't funny. They got like they just do this to themselves all the time, and it's it's so annoying to watch at this point. A lot of the talk, like Dubis, so Dubis and Keith's contracts are up. Excuse me, at the end of this year, and there's talks of firing Keith. And the thing is, I don't. I think we've seen that it's. Uh, I don't know what you think, but I think a change needs to happen. Like a big change needs to happen to the team itself because they've yeah. shown they're just not. If they're having problems like this against non-playoff teams, and you're supposed to convince people you can go deep in the the postseason. Yeah. It's not justifiable, right? Like, you can't actually compare that. Um, and I, I don't know what they could do at this point because it's almost like it's like the Toronto curse that's just taking over these players. And I think a lot of it is the mindset of these players are just stuck. And for some reason, I d- obviously, they don't think this way, but it seems like they're content with it at some points. But, yeah, someone's just got to step through there and really make a difference. They've got to move one of the big four. Like, I don't know what else you can't, I everyone, you know, whatever you can shuffle Kerfoot or someone on the back end. Like, it's not going to, you're not making yeah. a big enough difference there. You need to do, you need to do something big. Um, yeah. There was the, there was the thing in that Anaheim game too, where uh, Marner got benched. Uh, he got very frustrated, went down the, uh, the hallway and slammed his stick. Um, Whatever you think about that, I, I think there's both sides of it. You know, do it on the bench if you're going to do it. I don't see how leaving your team is helping anyone or makes it look yeah. good on anyone. Um, but the fact that Keith ended up putting him out like two shifts later, that's a that's just a spineless move by a coach. He just he broke. He bent. Yeah, exactly. I, I've never had a coach even do that. If if someone's benched, they're benched, right? Like mm. they're going to learn something from it. They're not going to – it's not a little sit-down timeout, right? Like when yeah. you're benched, it means you need a minute and you need to know that you, you messed up. Or like – and maybe that wasn't the case they were trying – he was trying to prove to Marner. Maybe he was trying to cool him down, but still, like it's that just – yeah, I, I agree with that. That was a spineless move. Um. We've got some and the NHL valuations came out today. Um, it's been a, a good good year for the NHL. Um, the the average NHL franchise is now worth uh, 1.01 billion dollars, crossing that uh, that 10 figure mark for the first time ever, and is up nine percent from a year ago. Um, a lot of that, I'm sure, has to do with a lot of the new TV partnerships, ads on jerseys as well. Um, also. Anyone who's complaining about the ads on the jerseys, man, you don't even see them. I, I don't know. And it's never going to get to the point like in Europe where it's covering the whole jersey. So, it, um, yeah, that stuff is, and the, the helmet, you don't see that. That's like, no. it's not a defining factor, right? It, it has nothing to do. You don't, it's not like it sticks out like a sore thumb in Europe. The Toronto Maple Leafs ranked first uh, value at $2.12 billion, um, $110 million ahead of the New York Rangers. Um, and yeah, they just uh, it's good to see that a lot of uh, revenue is up for the NHL, although they are still um, well below 
other leagues uh, in terms of average. The MLB is over a billion more than them. The NFL, uh, NBA, and I believe that's the MLS are also well ahead. First of all, the MLS, or sorry, the MLS is worth less. I don't know what I'm talking about, but yeah. Um, in, in terms of uh, other stuff that I had to talk about, again, uh, I've tried uh, coasting through a little bit of this so my voice doesn't die out here. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, I don't know what they want to do this year. Um, they've <laughs> lost the last today? last few in in overtime and and the shootout, but they're they're playing competitive, and I think it's showing that I don't know how it took Luke Richardson so long to be a coach in the league. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They're they're an interesting team. Mm-hmm. I, I guess you want to see them compete, even though you know it's again, you, and when you know your team isn't going to go far, you still do want to see them at least. Try. I'd like to lose. So, don't get me wrong. I'd like exactly. to lose a little yeah. bit better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Al, Al, I don't know if you've watched them play this year, but Alex Stalock, that guy is a like just chaos in the net. Really? I don't I know, know if you've ever watched that. He's so I, fun to watch because he's. Times, but. The crease is the entire zone, apparently, to him. He does not care where he is. Um, like some Mike Smith vibes. Yes, like he is everywhere. He doesn't. He sucks at playing the puck, so I don't know why he does. <laughs> well, but Mike Smith wasn't very good either, man. <laughs> but like, if he if he slides across the crease, he's going to the corner. It's insane how much That's he awesome. moves. It, it is awesome. It's really fun to watch, and he still makes the save somehow. So good. Um. Yeah, in terms of uh, other teams, Preds still suck, which is really good to see. Uh, Oilers are dominating them right now, so we love that. Um, I'd really like a week in fantasy where I just have a good Monday. My Mondays are the worst every single time. No, yeah, that's that's fair. My my defense is just struggling right now. I was down 20 points to a guy who didn't even start setting his lineups until today, yesterday. <laughs> Raja, Raja <laughs> has not set his lineups all year, and he's fi- he set them up tonight anyways. I don't know about the rest of the week, but I sat there. I looked at my phone. I was like, I must be up by a lot, hey? I was down by 20, 25 oh, points. No. I was like, you got to be joking. Yeah, I try not to look at fantasy too intensely until about – friday just because i know like that's really when it's gonna matter is friday night saturday night mm-hmm. um but yeah i've had some iffy starts to the week this week was a good start though yeah um i lost last week which is really disappointing uh my like you mentioned your defense is in shambles mine is terrible um dude i think ever we were just because my roommate liam is also in our league and he it's the same thing he, he said he has no demon so we looked and it's uh Noah's mom has all the good defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, um, like, Fox just hasn't been like he was last year. Like, Fox was always, like, in the top 30 last year, and yeah. he's at, like, 120 or something right now. It's very annoying. At least you don't have Krug on your team, okay? Yeah, but I have John Klinberg. This guy has completely disappeared. I literally, I left him on my bench, and it saved me points. I was like, okay, well, he hasn't done anything in six games, and what do you know? He yeah. got, went dash again. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to work out some trades right now to get a defenseman on my team, but I don't think it's gonna, gonna work out. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I think ever, I think fantasy is just a little whack this year. It is. It, it feels a little more 
even um, yeah. amongst everyone, which is scary. But um, who do you have for defensemen? We could do a live trade right now. I don't know if I want to do a live trade with you because <laughs> I don't have any good defensemen either. I got I got Krug, and then I got Pellick, who's been really on and off. Same with mm-hmm. Doughty, who's been really on and off. Um, Spurgeon, <laughs> who's been the same thing. And then Josh Manson. Yeah, no, I'm actually okay. Yeah, like, I've got nothing. Yeah, mom's got... And even still, like, her defensemen aren't world beaters this year either. No. Like, I mean, Makar's going to pick it up sooner or later, but... um, Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens. I think I'm going to make a move somewhere, but... See how it goes. Um, that's that's kind of basically just all the stuff I had quickly. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to to touch on. Um, no, not really. Through. I mean, there wasn't too much that's gone on since last. Um, Halloween was the other day. Did you do anything mm-hmm. for Halloween? Uh, we did. We went on a on a pub crawl. Um, nice, good old Saskatoon pub crawl. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, the highlight was Daniel climbing the uh, the stripper pole there at Pink, so that was something. Um, we went. Uh, we were supposed to go as the Peaky Blinders, and then we thought, well, that's going to be so hot in a lot of those bars. So uh, we threw last-minute vests and hats together and went as Dora's Explorers. Oh, that's creative. <laughs> yeah, it was. It wasn't cringe whatsoever. Um, what about you? What'd you get up to? Um, yeah, we just went to a buddy's from high school that was having some people over. It was a fun time. I went as Peaky Blinders last year, so it's a sick costume, though. Like, because, mm-hmm. like, you, you kind of just want to dress like Peaky Blinders every day, but, like, mm-hmm. that's not socially acceptable for some reason. Um, nah. yeah, it can be, you know, it's gotta change the culture. Yeah. Um, but this year I went, went as Top Gun because, you know, Top Gun's sick and movie of the year. So I've been growing out a mustache since I saw the movie just to wear it. And now uh, I guess I got to shave it now because it's November. The amount of Miles Tellers I saw this oh, weekend yeah. was insane. And some I, I really good as, stashes. I went as Goose, at least, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of what else happened, uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. The new Call of Duty has got to be the most frustrating game I think I've ever played. I haven't been this just like I'm like anxious, you know. Anytime like I'm just anxious thinking about the game at all times. I'm a little anxious right now just because I know like we want to, my buddies want to play it a bit, and like I'm I'm just know I'm gonna be mad, and it's just there's like I don't know why we play that game. Everyone gets mad the entire time. We, I know. Uh, like I I stayed home from work today just because I I wasn't feeling great, and I turned it on and after the first game i was like why did i think this was going to make me feel better why did i think i was going to have fun doing this and i just shut it off yeah Um, that's a fair response there's a we were playing with i was playing with two of my buddies and uh my buddy josh he i have not laughed that hard at a call of duty game in so long we were we were getting well they were getting absolutely i was doing all right but they were getting absolutely killed by the other team and just out of pure you could hear the pure anger in his voice he's just like where the is steven like he'd go one in 42 with those damn 
kill streaks would be out in a second and just like <laughs> i don't know why it just made me laugh so much just the pure anger it brought up you know that um like the border crossing map obviously the one everyone like the one all the cars it's just got it's just like cars everywhere. that should yeah. be fired immediately that's the worst i me and noah were talking about this uh, it might be the worst call of duty map of all time yeah it's so bad it is bad I've never – we literally have a challenge at the start of every game. We just run directly straight and see how quickly we get shotgun behind a car. Yeah, or blown up by a grenade. Yeah. Like, it's insane. No, we – um, my buddy Ashton has a clip on his TikTok, and I'll have to send it to you on Snapchat or something. It's so funny. It's just our first game on, all of us running forward, and then just immediately two people on the opposite sides getting thrown 30 feet in the air, blown up by grenades. What do you guys typically do? You guys run like search crews or? Uh, we haven't yet because of how much our games have all been crashing. I don't know if you guys have had the same problem. The game crashes all the time, and anytime someone leaves the lobby, you got to restart the lobby. It, it's the game is not finished, and it's no. very frustrating. Well, at least they've got two years to to work on this one. Um, yeah, seriously. Uh, what was I gonna say? There's something else I was going to... Oh, I have a really bad habit when it comes to Call of Duty. So, like, the last one I played, like, religiously was the previous Modern Warfare. Um, yeah. I didn't play Cold War or Vanguard, and I got so used to drop-shotting. Oh, no. So, it's so... Man, it's so... It's pure instinct at this point. Like, I'll be running no, behind no. them, and I'll still drop-shot. There's just no it, need it, to. If someone does that to me, you know how mad I get when someone drop shots me in the back? I'm like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, I get so mad. But I used to drop shot a ton when I was, like, younger and used to play COD all the time. Like, I would drop shot that. But now I can't do it. I, I have to relearn it. Oh, man. It's the only way I can get killed. With this PDSW, it's the only way I can get killed because that gun is literally a, a pisser. It just shoots piss. Yeah, um, the guns are either overpowered or they suck. Also, every I mean, I know they're always going to be in the game, but I will never respect anyone that uses shotguns other than trying to get them gold. I hate you. Yeah. Just know no, that. I, and you, like, it's it's personal. Like, I hate you. No, I completely agree. I I thank the Lord that none of my friends are just full on shotgun users because I couldn't play with it because it's so frustrating because as soon as you have one person shotgunning on your team, then the other team just switches to shotguns (laughs) and then it's okay. Well now that just got ruined for everybody. Yeah. Now it's not fun. Like now it's just getting obliterated from 20,000 feet away. Um, yeah, very, I, I'm still going to play it tonight, of course. I'm going to put myself through it. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had, Riley. Uh, just figured we'd put out a quick one here uh, before I uh, start my new gig and everything. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you talk about your new gig for a second? Yeah, so uh, I'm the, I don't know if we did an episode while I was there last time, but I interned with the Saskatoon Blades, I believe it was last January, uh, in their communications department. I'm now uh, hired as the communications manager for the team this year, so uh, it should be, should be, I'm really excited actually. Uh, yeah. I think I get to travel with the team and stuff, so uh, once they go on their BC trip, that'll be really cool, and um I gotta gotta root for the blades now, so hopefully they can. They're kicking ass this year too. They're really good. That's good. Well, at least that'll be fun to manage then. 
Yeah, maybe uh, maybe a Memorial Cup on the horizon to go to as well. That'd be sick. So. Yeah, sweet. That would be. That would be pretty cool. Um, my old uh, guy that I interned under would probably be very pissed off because. Oh yeah. Uh, he was there for two years or something, and they didn't even get close. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm excited for that, and uh, I'm gonna plug a, a story I did as well. One of my last stories at Global, I did a, a long feature piece on a woman. She. Uh, I met her through another story I was doing, but she had a tumor growing in her head that when misdiagnosed for over a decade, doctors kept saying it was like anxiety or like chronic fatigue. Um, she ended up having to threaten to sue to get a scan of her uh. brain after like 15 years. And uh, they reluctantly gave her the scan and it's like the biggest tumor um, some of the doctors had ever seen. And uh, it's just, uh, she was a great woman to talk to, uh, the fact she, she's where she is today. Like she, the fact she had that traumatic brain injury and like she had an aneurysm as well. Um, the, she's quicker than I am at speaking. Like she's, she's a better talker than me. It's insane. She's just yeah. a really smart woman. So, um, it's called focus Saskatchewan. It's on global news. If uh, anyone wants to check that out, that'd be really appreciated. It's a great story. So. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Cool. We're going to end it off there because I need some water. Um, <laughs> Riley, anything? Uh, you know what? I'm going to let you close this one off. Sure, yeah. No, I just want to say congrats on the gig. I know you were ready for something new, so it'll be fun with the blades. Um, and, yeah, no, I think you'll kill it. I think you'll have a great time there, so I'm excited um, for that. And, yeah, thanks for joining us, everyone. Hopefully uh, not. I think everyone's sick right now because I just got off a flu. Tanner's sick, so... It, I'm sure whoever is listening to this probably just got done being sick or is sick. Hope you feel better. Um, tough it out like the rest of us. And winter's coming. 